Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Rick Drew. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, uh, this is we missed out the show last week. Uh, what have you got an excuse for your absence? Uh, Rick, I have. Yeah, I was What's pretty what? pretty busy last week. Yes. What about what um, were you doing? I was in uh, Adelaide. Uh, country Carnival, the state country carnival, was held all last week in trying conditions too. I can tell you. <laughs> well, gee, it's forty odd degrees. Now, listen, I know you're a man of considerable modesty so no i'm quite happy to tell you how i went <laughs> how did you go um well monday was the fours and we struggled got to admit we struggled and uh didn't didn't uh, sort of bother the scorer too much tuesday was singles i won the section which means you you play a round robin type thing of a of th- a four of you won that went into the knockout and i lost the knockout to the eventual finalists it, it ended up being gee that's yeah. a, that's a that's a great performance. So twenty-one seventeen, he beat me in that knockout. So I was really happy with that, Rick. And then Wednesday, um, we were lucky to I paired up with Ashley Schultz, who's a skip up in the Brussel and uh, Light uh, Bowls Association, and uh, we teamed up and we won our section on the Wednesday, which took us through to the Friday, which was at Marion. Very very hot Friday, mm. and uh, lo and behold, we had four knockouts and we won all the four. Oh, fantastic. And uh, went through then to the Monday, which was the semi-finals. And unfortunately, we lost on the last end. It was the last virtually last bowl of the day, and they knocked us off. So we were, uh, so we made the top four. That probably started with 300 for the week, Rick, and we were down to the top four. Well, so, that, that is fantastic. Well, that's a great performance. Happy both, with that. Yes, yep. you could hardly... Well, other than uh, getting the uh, gold, I mean, you couldn't be much... No, no, it's the best I've ever sort of done in that. And um, as you know, I was battling the flu big time. You were. Well done, Howlett. Thanks, mate. Excellent. Really good. Well done. Well, there's the best part of the show over with already. (laughs) Now, uh, I've been reading the the Winter Olympics are on. What do you think? Are they? (laughs) (laughs) No, I knew they were on. I watched a bit of it last night, Rick, but it's pretty exciting. A little bit hard to get enthused into, isn't it? It's... uh, you know? Oh, I think the problem is that I guess uh, other than for a very small proportion of the population of Australia, very few people go skiing or, in fact, I know many people who've never seen snow in their lives. Um, and that's the nature of Australia and the continent it is. And uh, so I guess it's understanding that it doesn't hold a lot of interest for us. But uh, we, we did, we have... Pulled off one silver medal with yeah, this uh, Matt Graham. Matt Graham, yeah. yeah. I don't uh, uh, profess to know a great deal about him, although I did find out that he was a very, very good uh, underage sailor, and um, he actually won even four national age titles as a sailor. And uh, I think the beautiful thing about any ambitious young kid at eleven or twelve is that he had ambitions to be it, uh, at the uh, Summer Olympics as a sailor. But the interesting thing is that uh, the connection to where he is now and just having won a, a silver medal in the Winter Olympics is that after summer was over, his parents would take him to the Snowy Mountains and they'd go skiing. And that's where he hooked up and uh, was just virtually discovered as an incredible talent. So uh, a lovely story of his is that uh, at one stage, at the age of 12, he decided that he wanted to be a, uh, 
an Olympic sailor during the Summer Olympics and a, and a skier during the winter ones. And then all of a sudden, he also realised that he'd have to make a choice because it wasn't that easy. <laughs> anyway, wow, a busy boy would have been, that's for sure. Yes, and only to be beaten by this dear friend of his, the Canadian Macau Kingsbury, um, is a fine effort because without him, he, he would have won gold. And I guess the amazing thing with Kingsbury is that he is the world's dominant mogul skier, uh, having won 48 in a trot, include, including six consecutive World Cup titles. So um, our bloke, uh, Port Mac, was up, a, up against it, really. And so you could probably say that not only did he achieve all he could, but he was unlikely to grab the gold from this other bloke. So he's virtually almost a, a Roger Federer of skiing, this other guy, isn't he? Well, Basically, I mean, but you won't know his name. Like, I mean, the Canadians would, but the general public wouldn't. Well, in Australia, in Australia, that's yeah. certainly And true. same with young Matt. I mean, it's yeah. pretty sad that he's so good, yeah. but, I mean... It's just the way yeah. Australia is, yeah. isn't it, really? Yep. Um, and and we, we've got to have our jokes, I suppose. Yes, um, yes. And we might as well, while we're on the Winter Olympics. Um, I love the Winter Olympics. Bobsleighing fascinates me. If it wasn't for the bobsleigh, those four people would be arrested, you know. <laughs> and did you... The old lady, she said, yes, I have nine children alive and two on the Olympic Committee. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, they call them jokes. But anyway, we'll move on. Hey, well, guys, what have you got? Well, look, the, I mean, as we briefly mentioned last time, mm -hmm. um, the AFLW is up and away, two rounds down, whole yeah. six to go. But, but what about, let's, let's get back to the AFLW in a moment. What about the AFLX? Now, come on, tell me a bit about that. Well, I see the SANFL even had one Friday night, yeah. and South Adelaide won that one. Um, I'm not a big fan of this fast footy. Leave the footy as it is. I think everyone likes to sit down and watch a two-hour game of footy. We don't have any problem with that, do we? Well, we don't. It's going to be very interesting to see what it even looks like. I'll just r r very briefly rush through the rules. It consists of... Two 10-minute halves with a two-minute break at half-time. It's played on a rectangular field. Let's call it a soccer field. Seven players on the field at, uh, per team and with three on the bench, and there's no limit to the number of rotations. Last touch out of bounds rule, so it's a bit like soccer introduced, uh, so that the team that had the last touch loses possession. The ball is kicked in from full back after all scores. So even after a goal's been scored, it doesn't go back to the centre. A 10-point super goal is registered for goals kicked from outside the 40-metre arc. Well, you'd think there'd be plenty of those because oh. there's not too many They kick them from about 50 or 60. I was going to say, gee whiz, that seems a bit generous. No marks paid for backwards kicks. I like that idea. Yeah, that's okay. Um except for kicks and marks inside the 40-metre arc. Oh, OK, um, yep. And a free shot from inside the 40-metre arc to the opposition team in the event of a rush behind. I mean, it. I, I think it's quite fascinating, the concept, but I can't imagine that a soccer pitch is going to be way too small. And, I mean, and then I saw last night on the news there, um, Adelaide United are up in arms that they've stuck these... Goals now in their soccer pitch. So, I mean, they're spewing that they're using their oval well, or pitch or it, whatever you want it, to call it, them. It's the old proverbial robbing Peter to pay Paul, isn't it? I mean, 
um, you know, they conveniently forget that they actually do, Adelaide United do play the odd game on Adelaide Oval and put up their yeah. soccer goals in the yeah. middle of our oval. Our oval, I shouldn't say that, the oval. Um, but it'll be interesting. I, uh, I, to me, I think it's probably just a gimmick. Um, but I guess that there's this movement towards shorter forms of everything. And uh, I guess my, my idea is that they've seen the huge success of, of the Big Bash and thought, I wonder if we could drag, you know. Uh, the other thing is that it's a sort of round robbery thing and you actually get a final, you know, with brief games. You play about three games on the night. But I can see you shaking your head, Phil. We'll, we'll get rid of yeah, that. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I'll be watching a hang of a lot of it, Rick. No, I, I think I might but, watch the Oh, look, I'll one. tune in. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah well, you won't, a... you won't have much time after you've tuned into the AFLW, would you? I mean, to be able to watch the X. Oh. I mean, <laughs> you know my feelings there, Rick. You know, eight goals is the top score in the women's footy at the moment, and one goal is the least. I think I, I think to give it too much time is unjustified. I think the thing that people are beginning or should be thinking about is the very fact that the whole of the AFLW is financed, commercialised by the AFL, and it's my personal belief that they're doing it because they've got stacks of money and they want us. They want to be seen as an organisation or a corporation standing for equality and equity. And uh, unfortunately, they've they've rushed it to be seen to be doing something. And with all due respect to the girls, and I have no opposition to them playing football at all. They just aren't up to standard. They have not learnt to play the game, and as a consequence, they haven't got the skills to be able to get the ball out to to move the ball fast, and therefore, as a consequence, they, there's virtually no goals scored at all. Yeah, and see, the, the problem they've got is, I mean, as a kid, I had a footy in my hand 24-7 just about, you know, kicking to myself and, you know, kicking up against the wall. And, I mean, you don't see that many girls when they're that young, so you haven't got that, that ball skill straight away. And you're doing it at let's say, 23 years of age, well, you're going to struggle, aren't you, to, oh, yes. to, to comprehend yes. the, the, you know, that oval-shaped ball that it is. It's yeah. a funny, yeah. you know. I mean, I can see the argument that some people put forward that, well, you've got to start somewhere and, and what you've just said is 100% correct. But if girls aren't seen to uh, be playing football, then the young ones can't mimic or admire them. Um, but I think, as I said earlier, the biggest problem is that they've rushed it too quickly. They should have done it at a, a lesser exposed level until they had developed girls, adult girls, with enough skills that the, the game would stand up. Mm. Now, it, it's nothing against the females of our race. The fact is that if physiologically we were the same, we would be the same, but we're not. You, you look at everything. The, the physiology of a female is basically not as strong, you know, aerobically or whatever. And as a consequence, uh, you know, your sport, tennis, you, your best female tennis players wouldn't beat the best males. However, that's not the issue. The issue is that, um, that you've got to be of world-class standard if you want world-class publicity. And unfortunately, our AFLW girls aren't there. And my great complaint is that they're getting more publicity for doing something, dare I say, 
in an ordinary fashion, whereas we've got the world's best women's netball team, hockey team, basketball teams. The Australian women's soccer team is now one of the red-hot favourites for the World Cup. And you search the papers to find anything for them. And so I think if you're going to publish anything, then it should be at least justified. Mm. Uh, and, and that's the bit that, you know, I'm not sure how uh, uh, Sam Kerr would feel about uh, uh, not getting the coverage, being, despite being the world's best female striker, uh, as against um, some of our full forwards in the oh. local comp. Yeah, well, there's a photo in the paper this week. Big Tex was in there. Um, yeah. Yep. I mean, she was taking a grab there, but she had her eyes shut. That was the only problem. <laughs> we won't go anyway, there. Anyway, so, I mean, it, it's great that it's on. I just think it, you, the publicity needs to be warranted and or the publicity should be levelled at the standard it is at the present time. And I'd like to see if they would have... Um, Charge, perhaps, you know, charge to get in that to what to watch. Um, it'd be see, to see what uh, crowds they get then. I mean, they packed in 40,000 over in WA, but as we were talking earlier, Rick, I think 35 or 39,000 of them probably went it to, just to see the stadium, the new stadium. Well, that's there. right. They were asked, I think, <laughs> if I understand, to donate two dollars. Um, and you'd never get a tour of uh, the new stadium over there for that. And, no, that's right. And so it's all very well to say, yes, we've got 40,000 or whatever it was at the women's game. Um, but uh, I think, that, you know, if you did some serious research, there were, there'd be a vast percentage of those who weren't really there for the women's game itself. They were there to see and visit and go through the new stadium. I would think you'd get less than an, an SAFL uh, game. And I mean, some of those only getting sixteen, eighteen hundred some some matches exactly. there. So yeah. NFL, yeah. you wouldn't get much more for a uh, AFL women's game. I'm, I think I can yeah. safely say, Look, if Phil, you were paying full yeah, total, exactly. And that's where again, uh, I don't know whether you want to call it a smokescreen, but the the reality is that if you're going to compare things, you've got to compare chalk with chalk or mm. cheese with cheese. Now, as soon as you start letting people in for nothing. Um, that 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 confuses the total issue, and so uh, the only way you'll really know what the popularity of the sport is is if you start paying mm. ten yeah. bucks to get through the yep. gate or whatever yep. it might Just be. Just to see how many yeah. come through then. Well, we're nearly running out of time, but uh, uh, I see that uh, the Redbacks uh, took a dive the other day. Another one. Well, where, where are they sitting on the table now, Rick? Well. Believe it or not, it's almost like to the old days. They've, they've slipped down to the bottom of the table again. Really? So wow. uh, having played in two uh, the last two finals uh, and, the, you know, uh, having been at the bottom for a number of years prior to those two, lo and behold, they're back where they started, as it were. Um, and I, uh, it worries me a little bit also that there is the excuse, which the media, of course, are going to say, oh, well, you know, Hetty's not there or, you know, whatever's not there. Um, but the fact is that they tend to forget most of the Australian team is New South Wales. So New yeah. South Wales are playing their yeah. second 11 most of the time. <laughs> How and, are they going? <laughs> they're going all right. But, I mean, it's called depth. And so, yeah. obviously, uh, if you take uh, a couple of our blokes out, then we're going to suffer more. But I can't see us getting much off the bottom now, particularly since uh, yeah. Sayers is going to South well, Africa as right. well. that's right. He's so. big. And as you well know, Rick, the uh, district cricket here has certainly taken a, uh, a dive too in um, you know ability and and uh, the strength in in the district yep. has gone down. Yes, certainly. So that's got to 
go up to the yeah. Redbacks, yeah. doesn't it? So exactly, and uh, yeah, it's it's all called depth, and and unfortunately, um, the Redbacks haven't got the replacement. So and just uh, quickly, uh, what's the soccer stadium? New soccer stadium? Oh, honestly. I don't know whether you've caught the news, but there must be an election around the corner or something. Is there? <laughs> March, because, isn't it? Because it is incredible. You know, a bloke said to me the other day, you know, I, I have no trust in politicians and I certainly don't have any trust in politicians until six months after they've been elected <laughs> to see which promises they're going to keep and what they're not. But lo and behold... They're coming out of the woodwork, all these promises. You know, I mentioned the other day that they wanted to redevelop uh, their Memorial Drive tennis courts. Uh, then I pick up the paper and see that they want to build a uh, 5,000 seat, seat new soccer stadium at uh, Jepps Cross. And then I pick up the paper again today and they're going to bang in 5.75 million to upgrade the... Uh, at the Mile End uh, Athletic Stadium. So, all of a sudden, South Australia must have money coming everywhere. Wow. Eh? Well, there you go, eh? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with their soccer stadium now. I thought it's a cracker spot where it is. The trams take you in there and uh, take you home. And um, But anyway, perhaps the trams are going out to Jeps Cross <laughs> oh, too now. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it's mind-blowing, you know, that that all these stadiums and, um, I mean, even even our beautiful Adelaide Oval, at least there's a game of football played every week throughout winter. Mm. But during summertime, even though it's handed over to cricket, it's hardly used. Uh, and not filled. I mean, right, this right. is the problem they're going to have. I mean, you've got this uh, athletic stadium. Right. What sort of, you know, revenue are they going to raise, you know? That's right. So. Well, it's true. Um, you know, and Cooper Stadium for soccer, you know, when there is a big game, it may well not hold enough people, hmm. but for the general run of the mill, it's, it's plenty it's, big that, enough. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's about it. So right. until next time, this is Rick. This is Phil.